not leave the theater until the lights come up. Exactly. Don't do it. It's worth it. This it is, is not, absolutely worth this it. This is not like one of those post-credit scenes where it's like a, a one-off joke. I stayed yeah. for that. Oh, that right. was fun. And they're not setting up another movie. Right, no. And, no. You know, it's, this is it something... Is, that will play at your heartstrings. Yes, absolutely. A complete waterworks for me. Well, look at you. You found yourself in front of the Untitled Film Project podcast. I'm Jim Chandler, along with Justin Bradford and Jeremy Gover. It's the podcast where you watch, then come listen. And this week we're talking about Wish, the Disney animated musical comedy drama that almost marks a return to the Disney princess era without technically having a princess. And we'll be asking the big question at the end of the episode, which is... The big question this week, because in this movie, you will see a lot of... Actually, every Disney animated classic. An homage to it. Yeah. Yep, at the end. And so, therefore, we thought, you know what? That reminds us. What is the most underrated Disney movie? Everyone talks about Aladdin and Lion King and sure. you, know, you, you know, all you know, Snow White. What's the most underrated? Brother Bear, you know. Everybody sure. talks about Brother Bear. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the most underrated Disney movie? What movie do you love so much that no one ever talks about Disney wise? Remember, animated, not Pixar not Pixar. Right. Walt Disney Animation Walt Studios. Walt Disney Animated Studios, yeah. Absolutely. I uh, I didn't know much about the movie going in. And uh, it took a little while, but this movie was kind of a slow burn for me. I I, got to admit, at the beginning, I felt it was like a little generic, and then I'm kind of starting to get invested. I felt like the songs were getting even better. The story was getting amped up. By the end of this movie, I was back in in the fold of loving Disney animation. And uh, this is totally a love letter to to the Disney uh, animation studios and a lot of the movies that we loved. Uh, I really enjoyed, you know, how much they they reference other movies in the Disney catalog. And uh, it was fun, enjoyable. And I just walked out of there pretty darn happy. Initial take from Jeremy Gover. You know, there's this joke. Uh, that's it's tired now. But Typically, your opinions and me making fun of them. Yes. <laughs> also tired. That's what I. Like. It's tired now, but people, you know, they love to be like, "Oh, the best part of the movie was the credits when it ended." Right. When this I got to walk out. Yeah. <laughs> this is the, the best part of Wish was the credits for me. I'm not, not gonna, because it ended. But I'm not going to disagree. We should get into this more, and it's just a little bit. But you're right. Yeah, I think we should. I think we should because my initial take is that the best part of the movie is the credits, and that's a compliment. That is my initial take for Disney's Wish. Oh, good, good tease. As oh, a, yeah, someone's getting serious. Oh, oh, oh. oh is that on frame? I can't see right now. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. You're looking super Disney. Oh, thank you. So Jim used my phrase that <laughs> I was going to use, but this is Disney's love letter to its fans itself, its creators, its creatives, its voices, anyone who's ever been involved with Walt Disney Animation Studios projects. It's the love letter. And it's curious because I look at some other critics and I feel like their nose is up on a lot of things when it relates to this movie that they don't get it and what Disney was trying to accomplish through this film. It is a celebration of the 100 years of Disney. 
And when you look at it with that scope, just just knowing that, that should trigger enough to get what they're trying to accomplish in this movie. Yeah. It's not perfect. It does not introduce anything new to us or anything that is going to break barriers or anything like that. But that's okay because this is meant to be a celebration film. And yeah. that's what I took it as was celebrating. There goes the hat. Celebrating <laughs> so many things that, that Disney has done in its years. The things that stood out the most to me in terms of initial take was the animation styling was beautiful. And people have been hating on it. And this is Disney's fault yeah, because of what they've released and teased is not matching with what we saw in the film. In the film, you see a mix of 2D and 3D animation. Yeah, The 3D being the characters, the background being the 2D watercolor, hand-drawn, beautiful. beautiful animation that people have loved about Disney that they steered away from years ago, where Lilo and Stitch was the tr- last true painted background of yeah. Disney animation. And people have been clamoring for that back, and we got that in this. Music. I love the music. There's a couple earworms in here that I think one could be mm-hmm. nominated, and at least one should. You probably get radio play, like so many other Disney songs have gotten, like sure. you know, talk about Bruno, all those types I of things. I was thinking about it. There's the different genres that are keyed in throughout the music as well. It's not mm-hmm. one genre as well, which, again, is playing homage to Disney of the past where they're hitting the different pieces. There's subtle Easter eggs that I appreciate where it's not necessarily always in your face, but yep. subtle nods, which, again, as a Disney fan, you can tell, I appreciate because they're not throwing it at you. It's like, if you know, you know. It's and a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. This is a good origin story in so many different ways that I did come out of there, especially with the credits and the way they did design the credits. I felt Disney magic that I didn't feel in Strange World necessarily. I didn't feel it in anything I, Disney's done in a while. In a while. Especially Walt Disney Animation Studios. I, I yes. want to say Disney's back. 100%, but I can tell they put the time and effort into this that they needed to for a 100-year anniversary celebration. Not everyone's going to like it. Critics are already hating on it because it's nothing new. They're doing this. They're doing this. Disney fans and families are going to love this, and that's who it's being catered to, and that's where they're going to make their money because it's rewatchable for a lot of families. The music is going to get played till it's dead in cars, and that's what they're right. banking on. That's what they want out of this is to create more fans and deeper fans, and also give a thank you to those that have been fans. All right, let's go a little more deep into Wish. Now let's start with Gover. You guys have both mentioned it's a love letter to their fans, this and that. I have a question, okay. and I'm not being a jerk. It's, I'm not trying to get a rise out of you. I'm just trying put your Donald Duck hat on because you, you can get mad at me all you want. Side note, he's my favorite Disney character of all time because he has real emotions. That's some that's some side note. <laughs> <laughs> what is the balance between it's a love letter to fans and they're just going back to the well? Uh, that's a great question. And I, uh, it's a, not a sellout necessarily, but like, right. hey, remember all this cool stuff we did that you love from your childhood? Here's how we're going to make you feel about it. It's right. like, is it a trick or is it really a love letter to the fan? Like, I don't know what the threshold is. Well, it's both. Yeah, it, it is both. I and, think it can be. And it, and it is always like somewhere on this spectrum of, of you know, great story and fan service, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what we get a lot in uh, superhero movies. And Star Wars. Right. And Star Wars is a great example. Um, so I guess where would you say it was on that scale? Did it tip too far? To fan service? I think once I figured out 
mm. that it was Disney's 100th anniversary. I mean, I've, I've noticed the 100th anniversary, but, but the, I'm saying once in the theater, in the moment when I'm locked into the theater, I'm not thinking about other stuff. Yep. And I realized, oh, it's their 100th anniversary. This is an homage to the 100 years. That Then also, it was fine. That also dawned on me while I was watching the movie. Yes. And up until that point, I said, well, this is just average fare. Yes. But when I realized that it was, let's just soak up all the wonderful memories we've had of watching all these movies, I enjoyed the movie more. So that's curious that you say that. So the initial teaser trailer said, and they think they've gone away from this and they should go back to it. So this is, again, a Disney marketing thing that, you know, I have problems with when it comes to their films, right? Is it's 100 years in the making. Yes. In their initial trailer. They okay. pushed the whole 100 years in the making. Like, they were leaning into it. And then, for some reason, they did the hokey pokey and backed out. <laughs> I don't know why yeah. they've done that, because I think, especially now hearing it from both of you and hearing it with my friend, a father of three children, that as soon as it clicked, he said this as well. So that's three people now that have yeah. said when the click happened, you're like, I can appreciate it more now because I realize what they're trying to accomplish. I think the setup is almost a little more important that people need to realize going yes. in. Oh, this is a celebration because other films have done that. We're like, this is a celebration of this, a celebration of music, yeah. a celebration of this actor, a celebration of this and that. They lean into that more. I think they're they're going to have more people overall happy from the get go instead of having to wait to have the realization. Uh, I have a theory. Okay, that uh, maybe when they originally marketed it as a love letter to fans, uh, there was no strike, and mm. then they had to pivot and say, I mean, because I don't think being the big studio was something they wanted to celebrate or shine attention to during an ugly That's strike. That's a good point. That's a very good point, Jim. So I, if they were smart, they pivot right back. Yep, do it. And and go to that because that's why people will go to see the movie. Here's the thing. They released this lyric video of Chris Pine's This is the Thanks I Get, and people were thinking that lyric video is in the movie. With the lyrics in the screen, like, what is this, a sing-along? Because, one, people, as people, are stupid. A yes. person, can, like in Men in Black, a person... I was just thinking that. <laughs> see? Yeah. Persons can be... They're great. They're smart. They're intellectual. But people, together, are... stupid. They're stupid. They're, stupid. they're yeah. dumb. And so them thinking that there's going to be a sing-along <laughs> lyrics on the screen, <laughs> Disney is, is doing a disservice to themselves with marketing the film in that manner. So, yeah. my, I'm just rounding out my... My deeper dive here, because i got two more things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. If you're going to pay homage to the older films, there's a deer in here mm-hmm. that is actually named Bambi. Yeah. There is a gigantic bear that walks around and talks. Okay? Why aren't you making it more overt? So why doesn't Bambi look more like Bambi? Yeah. A, a, 20, a, a 21st century editor. I'm not saying, like, oh, take it straight out of the cells. And make it like that looks that's a little ridiculous because it's supposed to be inspiration, sure. But I'm saying make it look Bambi, make the big bear blue. I wouldn't, their, I wouldn't make, have wanted that. Then, then I think that's crossing the line in the, the spectrum that but Jim they, was talking about. But they about. called it Bambi on the thing, yeah, right. So that's yeah. already crossing the line. That's, if you're not going to call it Bambi, that's one thing. You're like, oh, it's kind of cool. if you know, you know, I think that's the only time they did it though. I right. think it was Bambi, Bambi and so, John. They didn't even do it with Thumper. And then you have the seven doors. It was just the first yeah, letter Lou, yes. of the um, names. Yeah. So, and, and you have, uh, you know, a King Magnifico who's got the wishes in front of him. And, you know, one of them is 
there's, you know, Peter Pan inside. Yes. There's others, two others, but they don't name them. You know, you just like, oh, you just notice. There's a Lion King reference where they're holding up right right in the kind of side of the screen. That's how you do that. There's subtle nods to all these different movies throughout the years, right? I think it was that everybody gets one moment. Right. But to to (laughs) say, have the line in there, oh, hey, see you later, Bambi. You, now you've crossed the line. Now lean in. Okay. If you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, lean now in all the way. Now it's full go over. He's 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 picking on that one thing, and he's gonna and he's, he's gonna gnaw on that bone until it's nothing. Until <laughs> he swallows it. Maybe you <laughs> need the Donald Duck. <laughs> <Dodge. laughs> Give me that. Give me that thing. It matches. It kind of matches what I'm wearing. That, my deeper dive is over. Yeah. You look Le- like a lean clown. down like this so they can see the emotion of of the of the eyebrows of Donald Duck, which are furrowed and Sheesh. angry. Yeah. He's yeah. He's an angry duck. I know. I can't do the impression. Though. I'd love to right now. I know. <laughs> Give me that hot duck. But it looks here. good. It's a hot duck. Right over there. Nope. Okay. Nope. Sounds more like a dying rat. Than <laughs> all right. Especially because all of us are musically inclined in some form or fashion, whether it's former careers, playing music, DJing music, whatever. Thoughts on the music and the songs in this film? Well, I, as I stated in my initial take, that I thought uh, the movie, movie music was sort of generic at first um, and then really started to get into songs that I was like, all right, I'm tapping my feet. I'm kind of, I'm bobbing to this. This is good. Um, I think, I think it was the, the song uh, now that we know is that uh, knowing uh, what I know now, knowing what I know now. Thank you. Uh, it was by the time they got to that, they were full on full speed, had me with the music um, and then from then on, I just thought, like, wow, these are great songs. So there may be one or two before that uh, that were that were really good, but I thought it definitely built. What did you think? So the one thing that stands out to me is at all costs is going yeah. to be utilized in so many different ways yes, as a is. duet, and they're not specifically talking about wishes in the lyrics. The lyrics are broad. They can be used otherwise. They yeah. can be used. It could be wedding songs. It could be a newborn baby song. It could mm-hmm. be a father-daughter dance. It could be so many different things, yeah. and that's why I think that's one of those ones that could potentially get some play. Mm-hmm. Going to get plenty of streams, but it's going to be utilized in so many different ways in pop culture and personally because of the way it's written. And that's very smart because they didn't write it specifically where it's talking about wishes or protecting wishes or anything magical or things like that. It's protecting something at all costs. How relatable is that in so many different ways in life? Sports sure. teams, be the first. Do not be the 12th. <laughs> yeah, be the first team to do it. Exactly. Don't be the 12th. If if 10 teams have done it, don't. <laughs> I know. Stop. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't even sports think team it. uses at all costs, I'm very curious how they're going to do that. Uh, hey, man. Interesting. Protect the quarterback at all costs. <laughs> no, protect the championship. That's uh, also true. That's that's going to be a curious ballad. Or, or uh, take a season, Chicago Blackhawks, so you get the uh, first pick. Oh, San um, Jose has something to say. Yeah. Well, that, I'm, yeah, I'm good last year. But uh, I, I want to talk about this musically, and I don't want to give this away even though this is a movie podcast where we want you to have already seen the movie. But uh, for those of you that haven't seen the movie, uh, there is a tease of a song <clears throat> throughout the film where you're getting, as, as Bradford told me, like right in the oh, theater, yes. you're getting progressions of it. You're yes. getting iterations of it where you're going like, that sounds familiar, <laughs> but just like whatever the notes were that would make you go, oh, that's what they were hinting at in the background of the score of this film, it would go away. And then 
that's why we I fully encourage you, not only because of the end credits, which you're going to get to, uh, but stay after the end credits because at a very rare occasion for a Disney animated film, there is a post-credit scene that pays off that that anticipation that you're feeling musically throughout the movie. Whether you're conscious about it or not. Right. Exactly. You you've it's beautiful. It's beautifully done. It's so good. It's so, so good. I, I talked to somebody who had left the theater before that post-credit scene and told them what it was because they asked me what the oh, They said there was a post-credit. And then I told them, and they're like, oh, darn. I, oh, I, oh, I got to go back. Do not leave the theater until the lights come up. Exactly. Don't do it. It's worth it. This it is, is not, absolutely worth this it. This is not like one of those post-credit scenes where it's like a, a one-off joke. I stayed yeah. for that. Oh, that right. was fun. And they're not setting up another movie. Right, no. And, no. You know, it's, this is something is... that will play at your heartstrings. Yes, absolutely. Complete waterworks for me. Okay, so like a lot of this movie, uh, I don't think we have to get into like too much of the plot of the movie because uh, I think let's get into you know what what give it. Let's go into like page three of the love letter, uh, <laughs> and let's talk about the end credits because uh, this is not a spoiler. It's just plain fun. I have never been to an end credits where it was everybody in the movie theater was playing a game. And, and it was like a trivia game, something you'd play in the car on a long road trip <laughs> with your family. Um, they were rolling the credits, and there would be constellations along the sides of the credits that would, when clustered together, would you'd go, oh, that it, constellation looks a lot like a movie character from one of their previous movies. And then when you realize that they were always changing, they're coming about every 10 seconds or so, the whole theater was playing guessing games, like who could name what that movie was that was coming up on the screen. It was so much fun. It's beautiful. It was so well done. And here's the thing that I've noticed nowadays. There's certain movies that will have just great end credit scenes. And there's, because sure. you think when you're watching the credits, it actually says credits designed by. Like mm-hmm. there are companies yes. that that's what they do for films. They design credits. Yeah. I mean, we think of what Endgame and those credits for the main actors mm-hmm. for it. Like that was wonderfully designed to, to just to pay credit to the original Avengers and things like that. But there's some other ones. If you go back in the 90s, Austin Powers 2, Spy Who Shagged Me, had outtakes. Yes. Right. And that was... Right. It wasn't, they weren't the or first the, to do the it, hangover. but it was one of the... Yeah. has the pictures from yes. what was on the camera for and everything. Sure. Exactly. This is one of those ones that's fun for your whole family to sit and enjoy and just have that trivia moment by right. watching these credits because it, that's, again, the 100-year anniversary. This is, again, paying credit to so many different things that they're part of, and they, they cover everything. They're not leaving. They cover our effect. Not leaving anything out. I'm not even going to name it, <laughs> but I, I I did yell out <clears throat> the name of one of their least successful Disney animation. If they don't studios. include it, yeah. If they don't include it, I'm going to revolt. And it was there. It was there. It was. Everything there. is there. I had to wait a while, but they included it. So here's a pro tip: if you want to do this little trivia game, you're going to go into the film, right? And you're going to, you want to impress your <laughs> friends or parents or whoever, mm-hmm. right? It's in order. <laughs> So chronological order. That's your tip. All right. It's in chronological order. Have there fun. you go. So that will help with your guessing game. You will look smarter than the rest of the people you're there with. And that's what we want for you. Our smart, beautiful, educated, and with hygiene beyond reproach, 
viewers and listeners of the Untitled Film Project podcast. Except the Priscilla. Yes, except for those people that... Except for the Elvis supporters. Yeah. But keep coming for the algorithm, thanks. Oh my God, people hated us for that episode. It's time for scores for Disney's Wish. And let's start with Gover. Okay, I wish they had... (laughs) <laughs> I wish they had leaned into the that character thing more again, or or backed away from the homage to the other previous films. Naming the right again characters that from if other you're name Bambi. That's fine, but then name the other ones. If you're not going to name Bambi, also fine. Then have a bunch of li- so it was your it, continuity issue, or maybe they went with Bambino. Something like that, <laughs> right? Right. Close, uh, but not exact. The best part of the movie again was the credits. The Disney magic proved it's still around. It's still a thing because I left the theater just trying my hardest not to cry because mm-hmm. it was so beautiful at the end. And I, I cannot stress it enough. Do not leave the theater until the house lights come up. The story is solid. The characters are solid. But overall, the best pieces were in the trailer. This movie was not entertaining to me until the end. Like, it was just kind of like, okay, like, it's, it's, it's very vanilla. It's very right. Yeah, you can go, <laughs> go right Ooh, ahead. Angry Donald hat I, just came on for those. It was just, just very like, okay, this is a cool thing, and I'll see it once, and that's the end of it. But the magic is in the end. The magic is in the trailer. Or the trailer. The magic is in the credits. And, of course, that in credit scene. Uh, the biggest misstep, I think, we discovered it. I didn't think about this until we discovered it on the show, was not outright calling attention to the 100 years at the beginning. I don't recall any kind other than maybe the Disney 100 logo. Right. I don't recall any kind of. No. This is for the hundred years of employee. Like any kind of. Just, Do you want me to spoon feed it to you? I'm saying, if, <laughs> dude, you had three people. Here's the airplane. <laughs> you had three different people. You said him, me, and your friend. Say. Yes. When it clicked in the movie, it was like, oh, okay. Yes. The movie changed. So, so they shouldn't spoon feed at the very beginning of the movie. It should be in the marketing. No, because if you're... No, 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 no. This is the product I'm seeing. I'm here for this. So if there was a sentence that just said... I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm making this up, so it's not very eloquent, but this yeah, is for our 100 years of supporters or right. anything like that. Thanks for 100 years. Dude, we saw at the beginning of The Woman King something like, this story's based on true events or whatever. And it wasn't real. I mean, it wasn't. like it was. There was a whole lot of controversy with that statement. So if they can do it... Disney can certainly put one simple sentence very eloquently on the beginning of this is for a hundred years or here's to another hundred or some sort of thing that's outright calls to attention. Hey, this is a hundred years in the making. They didn't do that. You need a Snickers. (laughs) I'll be Betty White any day of the week. That's fine with me. I give this movie a 6.0. God, I hate you so much. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> oh. Nitpick the of everything. Oh. It wasn't entertaining, dude. And when it clicked in the theater, it shouldn't how click during the movie. How are oh. you not entertained by a talking goat and dancing chickens? The, all the talking goat parts were used in the trailers. No, they weren't. Every funny part. The, my butt did that. How did my voice get so low? That's, That's all, two. Those are all. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and name them all and waste everybody's time. They've seen them in the trailers. Why are you so There's angry? Because you're not getting it. You're not getting you're, it. You obviously didn't get it. Your Disney stand is coming out no, right now. No, it's not. So, oh. 
I was expecting to fight with Jim, not right. you. Let me come in as the peacemaker. Uh, Those are bad guys. For my yeah, right. <laughs> for, uh, for 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 I'm not a I'm not a Disney file, but I love Disney. Right. I I, I really like Disney. Let, let me put it that way. I'm in real like with Disney. Uh, even though a lot of this stuff lately has not been up to par. Uh, I agree with Jeremy. I would have probably enjoyed it more had the just a few more clues earlier on yep. uh, that the movie did change when I realized that it was uh, a tribute to the Disney 100 because that Disney 100 has been in front of every movie they put out this year, whether it was animated or not. Um, whether it was a tribute or not. Right. Uh I thought it was a very average movie until those clues tipped me off. And I realized I've been watching this wrong. They could have helped me out a little bit. That's right. Um, so uh, I am definitely, this is a, a bias. If you had asked me halfway through the movie, I would have <laughs> given it a five. Okay. What I'm saying is that by the time the lights came on in the theater... I came out so happy, like I had left a ride at Disney, <laughs> that I am giving Wish an eight. How much of that eight is the final credits and end scene, though? Uh, I'm going to say that's, that's going to give it at least a point and a half. It helped seal the deal. It sealed the deal. Okay. It really did. It, yeah, uh, yeah. It was like uh, opening up presents on Christmas Day and you know all you got was socks, but that last present was the thing you wanted so the Red bad. Red Rider shotgun? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, okay, uh, let's go to uh, Mr. Disney Space Force himself. Disney Stan, I think you're referring to. Yeah, look, yeah. look, even in my TikTok review, I said it's going to be a biased one. Yeah, that's okay. But so, it's not like I went in saying I'm going to enjoy this no matter what because sure. there's I've definitely been critical about things but more on the marketing side because that's what frustrates me the yeah. most is if you have something that you believe in your product put it out there and make sure people understand what it is mm -hmm. so while I agree there needs to be more said about the 100 year to put it in perspective I don't know if I would have necessarily liked that a line at the beginning I feel like marketing needs to be doing that more so we're in agreement in a different way sure okay like I do think there needs to be more of a setup expectations going into I'll the meet movie. you expectations. at that camp. I, yes so okay but they need to do more of that because they did at first and they took away from it and I think like Jim said strike probably had something to do with it. like oh what we can't really be celebrating because we're on strike right now. but is that true though enough. because like I, I I agree with that I give it credence but you can do it with text on screen. You don't need, you don't need crew for that. You just well, need it's an not editor about to that. Put it. It's about bringing awareness of well, we're celebrating something when people are not working because we're not. Paying okay, them and Disney okay, did. I mean, Disney did nothing yeah. to help their <laughs> reputation right. during the strike. See, so that's where I totally can see where Jim's coming from yeah. with that as well. For me, just I felt Disney magic almost throughout because I did go in knowing the 100 years. So it's different perspectives. Sure. Of course. Ariana DeBose killed it. Yes. With her songs. Yes. She was and great. Chris Pine, who's not necessarily known for being a singer, I think did a very good job. Uh, in his portrayal of King Minifico, but especially in the vocals. Now, we got a little bit of him singing in Dungeons & Dragons as a sure. minstrel, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but not the same, not in the same way or form or fashion. And, and both of them uh, did well in the form that they're not known for. Yes. So Chris Pine surprised us with a delightful singing did, number. Yes. Uh, you know, and Ariana DeBose uh, gives us some great comedy. 
Yes, absolutely. Great the acting timing was in good. her voice. Yeah, even so, though she's a fantastic singer. And then you add in Alan Tudyk, who actually has lines and is not just balking like a chicken. Uh, <laughs> which I always go back to the whole when he's doing the hey, hey voiceover. Then he goes, I went to Juilliard. Is <laughs> <laughs> fantastic because Alan Tudyk is one of the most talented he's- voice actors yes he is ever a treasure he's like, just so good he puts everything into it even if he's not actually speaking lines the way he's br- able to bring a human voice to a character that doesn't talk english yeah <laughs> is absolutely fantastic I-, I think it was very well cast with the voice actors i like those little nods and i like them being subtle overall i can meet you in the middle with the bambi thing because either take it or don't take it right so if you just would have went bambino or something that's inspired an inspired name Okay, I don't think it stood out. I don't think John stood out as much as Bambi. No, because John's a typical name. It's a typical name. So you can, you can but it's also the name. Yeah, generic. Right, but Bambi stands out 100%. Right. So, Gover, I see where you're coming Thank from you. with that. Of oh, course. Sounding ground that. has been met. Hey, I'm trying to make it as non-biased as possible, also knowing that I love Disney, okay? I'm trying yeah. to meet in the middle here. But I did feel the magic throughout the entire thing, especially with the star and knowing from Disneyland you have Starcatcher, there's that carnival game you can play and the leaning into the whole star thing i thought the star was cute and well how it had dressed up in little costumes i and hated had a how much i fell for it right yes. gonna, they're gonna sell so much star like, stuff oh i'm being manipulated but uh, i don't like mind. we're gonna get valentino plushies we're gonna get star plushies it's we're like gonna get funko yeah. pops of all of it oh yeah it's Way in there though. for a reason yeah but I like how they always came back to this the one you wish upon a star moment because that's what she did she wished upon a star and the star came and she got granted it. her a wish. Yeah. And just even the Nasa, the fairy godmother, there's so many things. I'm not spoiling anything because you're supposed to be watching before you come and listen and, and watch anyway. So right. all those little things, even in, in the forest scene, they have her dressed up in a very inspired fairy godmother robe mm-hmm. as well yes. in a cloak. So many little subtle nods is what I really enjoyed. And that's where I'm starting to feel the magic of, okay, I, I love this. But what set me over the edge in terms of why I loved it was the animation. They didn't just go modern. They paid homage to what made Disney animation magical, which was the hand-colored, the watercolor, the backdrops that just make it feel magical and picturesque. Still so nice to see. That's what set me over the edge of, okay, they truly are paying tribute to the 100 years because they realize people want that styling in the background, and they gave it to us. All that, plus the end credits, uh, the credits, and then the end credits scene... I did, yeah, I'm going, <laughs> like, I'm starting to feel that. But it was so fun during the credits with, with people sitting there and pointing at the screen and watching. And for that, I do give it an 8.5. Mm. Mm. So just slightly above Jim, but I can't get there. You don't have to get there. I know that. You don't I'm, have to. I don't I expect know. you to. I I, I have a different perspective on it, and I know that. I just think that you're acting like Forky over there, giving it as low as you did. <laughs> Great Disney reference. <laughs> hmm. The Untitled Film Project podcast always has a big question, and let's kick things off. Jeremy Gover. Disney's Wish features art, I'll leave it at that, <laughs> of Every single Disney animated studios movie. And this does not include Pixar. Right. Yep. This is just the ones they've been part of. Which got us thinking, hey, what is the most underrated Disney movie? What is what is one of your favorite ones that no one ever talks about? I tell the top of the show, I I mentioned Aladdin, Lion King, Beauty and the Beast. These are like the the just the meat and potato. Like when you think of Disney, that's what you think of. Right. Let's go beyond that. What are some Disney movies? Again, not Pixar, just Disney animated studios. 
movies that you love, what's the most underrated Disney movie? Let's start with uh, Jim. I'm going to go... Calm down over there. I'm going to go with Atlantis, um, which is a movie... That, like, Solid I kind of... We rewatched that at my house uh, probably for the first time since it was in theaters, you know, just this year. And... It's a pretty solid movie. It's got some good comedy. It's got some great character voices. Uh, it was Michael J. Fox, wasn't Michael it? Michael J. Fox, Jim Varney. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, th- there's just something warm about it, and it never got a whole lot of attention, um, maybe because I don't know, it didn't have a princess or, or some other hook. Um, but it's a pretty... Entertaining film, uh, I think the the plot is pretty good. The the you know it just from start to finish, it's a solid movie and it never gets any talk. So that's where I'm planting my flag. It was during the weird time with Disney animation or the action adventure, and I think if a movie like that were released maybe in the mid twenty teens, it would have done so much better. So yeah, I think just the timing of it was off. Like Disney was actually ahead of its game. And it didn't deliver because they didn't market it well. Uh, what a problem that is. Yeah. And it just didn't do overall well, but it has this cult following now. Right. All right. The Disney stand gets to go last. I'm going to go to Jeremy Gover. Okay. No, only because we want to build to it. Okay. Uh, tell us the underrated stolen. Disney <laughs> I know. I am film. worried about that, actually. Um, okay. So the selfish one for me is Emperor's New Groove. Again, oh, as a David, as a David yeah. Spade fan, I think it's a really solid movie. That's how I found the film. Because it was right in that age for me personally where it was like the Lion King, the, the, the home run hall, the murderer's yeah. row of Disney was kind of over. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, Pocahontas was out, and then, like, it's like, okay. And then Tarzan, like, all right. And then Hunchback Notre Dame, you're like, okay, that's good. But So, all of a sudden, like, the, the that string of Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Aladdin, Lion King was over. Okay, so... And then it comes out around 2000 or, I don't know, late 90s, whatever it was. And it's kind of in this dip of my personally even caring about yeah. Disney movies, right? I'm too young to, like, I'm, I'm, I'm feasting on, like, more adult movies because I'm, like, sure. 20 years old. But I'm, I'm not old enough. It, it doesn't matter. The point is, is that Emperor's New Groove, I think, is super uh, underrated. And I think Zootopia is one of the greatest Disney movies of all time in top three. Mm-hmm. Never talked about. But my answer is Bolt. Oh, I did not see you going ah, that way. Love Bolt. With Miley Cyrus. Which I didn't, again, another movie I didn't think of. My, <laughs> my kid, we're looking for a family movie to watch as a kid. It's like, oh, it's Disney movies, Bolt. That's a dog. We love dog movies. Yeah. Especially ones that they're not going to die in. And because right? it's Disney's, so they're not going to kill off this dog. So <laughs> I know. Well, that, that was the thought. So all of a sudden, it was this super enjoyable movie for an hour and a half. I freaking love Bolt. All right. I, I thought you were going to stick with Emperor's New Groove. No, go on Bolt, baby. Uh, Bolt. I'll t- uh, Emperor's New Groove. I have probably heard just people talking oh, man. and referencing Emperor's New Groove no more in the last like year. So I think it's one of those. Okay, it may get, may not get attention in media, but in people's hearts, yes, TikTok. Yeah, just there's a constant just churn of memes mm-hmm. for Isma on on that right there just people that are cosplaying as it's i mean you get so much there's i'm in a meme group that is very adult oriented that's emperor's new group based and <laughs> you're not going to have your laptop camp confiscated by anybody no 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 no, no, no. it's just like <laughs> adult right. humor all right just wanted to make sure adult humor right. oriented because there is a cult following of this film yeah. i mean just the, it's mm-hmm. so quotable 
Yes. This movie was entirely quotable. Yes, quotable. Cusco's boys and the boys of Cusco. The Cusco men of the boys. And, and, and musically, I mean, people just, just love it. Fantastic. And, one, and it's perfectly perfect length as well. Like, it's mm-hmm. not long at all. It is perfect for, like, a four- or five-year-old to watch, but plenty of adult humor in it. So that's why I really thought you were going that way. So quick, quick, quick side story is David Spade tells a great story on Fly on the Wall, his podcast with Dana Carvey, that uh, when he originally went in to voice it, it was something completely different. Huh. It was him and somebody else. Hmm. And they voiced it, and then they took it to Eisner. I think it was the head of Disney at the time, I think. Yeah. And they took, they took it to Disney head, okay? And they said, I don't like it. But I like this character. Can we do something with this still? And then he ended up. And then a year later, he's still voicing the character. He's like, "Is this done?" Like you tell, it's just it's an awesome, <laughs> awesome story. So huh. uh, I, I love the that I know the back. I love the movie even before that. But now I'm like, "Oh, this was something else that they didn't like." So they revamped it into something that is pretty yeah. great. So okay, so we all right. we, we evolved into Emperor's New Groove talk. Is that your pick? No, no, it is not. Okay, so no. I just want to make that clear. Like to me personally, I don't think it's underrated, but I can see generally it is. Yeah, right. Mine is 2002's Treasure Planet, right along with Atlantis. Oh, yeah, yeah, very similar it's time frame. Back to back years of Treasure Planet and Atlantis being released, they're both flopped at the box office. Yep, but are highly regarded now by Disney fans of going back to like these are really really good movies and especially Treasure Planet when you think of it as an original type of story that it's like fairy tale science fiction fantasy all in one. Because yeah. Atlantis has a basis of like history and the lore and stuff like that whereas Treasure Planet is this is a space exploration adventure film. Like it is, yeah. it was ahead of its time. It truly was for the thought process with the story of they find a map of a great treasure hidden by a space pirate. So you're thinking like you have a mix of Goonies, Pirates of the Caribbean, Adventure, all this, everything in there where they have to get on a spaceship boat to travel <laughs> to another universe to find this treasure. And it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Emma Thompson, Martin Short are the three main voice actors in wow, this. Wow, that's pretty And do solid. a phenomenal job. It is it is one of those films as well, too, when you start thinking about Disney live-action remakes, how they've done the Renaissance films. Yeah. Something that would, I think, translate, especially with technology. Now, if they did it right... That is the key if you do it right with CGI, right? And market it well. And market it well. Treasure Planet is one that could compose well to a live-action remake because the the type of story it is, being an action-adventure space, all this type of fantasy... But also, it is a unique type of story that I think we're, the public obviously is ready for, but they right. have to do it right. This is one, because I, I don't want a Lion King. I don't want a live-action Lion King with soulless eyes <laughs> right. on, on those. The what little, about Moana, Bradford? Yeah. You want that? In 10 years, I would have wanted it, but not right now. It's too soon. And Aladdin... It was uh, Little Mermaid it's was good. I great. did like Little Mermaid. Love Little Mermaid. Yeah, it was good. But or Beauty and the Beast... <sighs> Treasure Planet is a unique type of thing because you're not just going back to your Renaissance days. You're giving something that deserves to be seen more time on the screen that could translate well to live action. I'd love to see a live action version of Treasure Planet. I think it could be done very well. Would you like to see it on Broadway like Lion King? No. (laughs) I don't want to see a spaceship boat flying across the stage and then falling and somebody dies to Treasure Planet. Oh my god. Oh, it could be so good. No, no. But Treasure Planet is one hundred percent underrated. On that note. 
<laughs> what's like, yours? <laughs> I, I already gave mine. No, no, no. I'm asking oh, yeah. the general audience. Oh, you're talking what, to the audience. No, I'm talking yeah, okay. This is for the audience. What, what is your underrated Disney animated film? Yeah, let us know. Uh, especially if we... Yeah, how could you guys not talk about this one? Well, there's so many to choose from, we easily could have left one off the table. We oh. covered three underrated, especially both... I don't know if underrated or not good or whatnot... Not trying to offend. I'm, I'm just d- saying, like people don't talk about taken. Bolt ever. There, I've not seen people talk about Bolt. Right. So, but that's underrated so in your mind because you enjoy it. Fit the category. The two that Jim and I named, 100% Disney fans consider underrated. Yeah, 100%. So I'm curious on what people think about Bolt. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in the comments what your most underrated Disney movie is. <laughs> Untitled Film Project Podcast. Uh, let us know. Thank you for listening to the Untitled Film Project podcast. To support the show, please rate, review, follow, and subscribe. Original music by Jeremy Schwartz. Special thanks to the Music City Film Critics Association. Editing and post-production by Jeremy K. Gover. Voiceover by Chad Bennett.